Welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you learn how to find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows. This is not your average grief group. This is your journey group. It just may show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of widowhood. I'm your host, Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of Widowed and Widow Coach, and I'm a professional certified life coach. Let the healing and your personal journey begin. Welcome back, my friends. Welcome to episode 113. Today, I want to talk about lists, the lists that we make, and maybe the real lists we should be making. Um, My voice is still going to be a little strange. I still have a cold. (laughs) I'm going to do my best to not sneeze during this podcast. That would be good, right? (laughs) So um, I know when you first become widowed, you're faced with like a lot of financial things and a lot of information. Or maybe you just don't even know what you're faced with, but you're worried about it. There are places online that will give you surviving spouse to-do lists. Take them all with a grain of salt. You know, I was reading an article on, you know, the things you need to do on the death of your spouse. And a lot of this is what people who have never been widowed tell you when you're widowed, right? They tell you don't make any major decisions in the first year after your spouse's death which I've addressed that before. I think that's just crazy advice. I think that we are together enough. Don't allow yourself to be influenced by others to make decisions that don't feel good to you, for sure. You know, you've got to do that gut check and understand, again, in the first six months, you're in a state of shock. So it's it's difficult, but I'm not saying you can't make a major decision within the first year. I know a lot of widows who have, they're glad they did. Many widows um, chose to sell their house in that first year and move to something smaller for whatever reason, financial reasons, which that's a good enough reason right there. Don't get scared about your finances to the point that you just want to put your head in the sand and you end up getting your house foreclosed on because you've not been able to keep up mortgage payments. That's like the worst case scenario. Better to say, okay, I'm going to be struggling with the size of these mortgage payments. Let me get this on the market and downsize and see if I can find something that's going to be more reasonable for me, size-wise to take care of, cost-wise to live in. Make that move. Even if you have to sell your house and move into a trailer. You know, that's the extreme, but it's better than having the house foreclosed on. And now you're like begging to move in with relatives because you have no other option. Don't do that. But yeah, I've, I've talked to widows who have sold their house for financial reasons. I've talked to widows who have sold their house for emotional reasons in the first year. And were they capable of making that decision? I say yes. I say absolutely. If you feel like your husband died in that house and you just can't continue there, then yeah, you can make a smart decision about marketing and selling that house and moving into something else. So 
all this stuff about the first year. Oh, heck, in my first year, I made the decision to pull money out of my savings to pay for some very expensive certified coach training and deciding I was going to make that work. Left my corporate job, had no income coming in at all, and took what money I had and went and became certified in something that I had been doing for decades in the corporate world already so that I could set up a private practice. I invested in myself. And to an outsider, that may have looked like a really irrational, risky decision, right? There was risk involved for sure, but it turned out to be one of the best decisions of my life. So yeah, I think I was together enough to make that decision. So all the lists that they think you should make is um, hiring an, an, a, a financial advisor. I would say be really careful about that. There are ambulance chasers. You know, if you as a couple had a financial advisor before your husband's death, you could probably lean on that person for some help, right? Talking to a lawyer, probably a good thing to do in your own state because state by state, things are going to be different. Find a really reliable, understanding lawyer. I was glad that we had someone that we had gone to to um, set up our wills years before Jim died, right? And I reached out to him after Jim died to say, you know, can you advise me? Is there somebody you would recommend I talk to? He was able to advise me. He, as a matter of fact, gave me the benefit of his time and never billed me for it. What a guy, right? And I learned things about the state of New York. Like you don't have to worry about changing the title on Jim's car. You can just, when you sell that, sign it. And in parentheses next to your name, put surviving spouse. Don't worry about taking his name off the title of the house. Both your names are on it. You are going to be just fine to sell that house with him deceased. You don't have to go through all that rigmarole. That's state of New York. In your state, it could be different, right? You definitely want to make a list of documents that you might want to get your hands on in the house, right? You're going to want to have social security numbers, birth and marriage certificates, military discharge papers, uh, car titles, any power of attorneys, current statements for banks or brokerage or retirement accounts. And if you don't know what they are, like if your spouse took care of all that money stuff, don't panic. Watch the mail, right? Because eventually you will be getting mail from your banks, the brokerage, the retirement accounts. If you have the login for your spouse's email, maybe he, a lot of those are paperless, but there's notifications coming into his email about all the different accounts, right? So these are things you want to get a bunch of copies of your spouse's death certificate. The funeral director is the one who's going to get these for you. And he can probably best advise you on how many you probably want to have in your state, in your situation. I think I got 10 copies of Jim's death certificate. Okay. Make sure you pay your bills, credit cards, utilities, property tax, insurance premiums, the mortgage. Again, you can watch your mail for these things too. Be watching the bank accounts. 
If you don't know how to log into your main bank account, you need to reach out to them so that you get a login and a, um, a password set up for yourself. Or if you have your husband's log, login and password, if he had all the passwords in a place for you, you can log in online to check for things like that. See if there's anything that's on auto pay that's automatically hitting that account, right? I know we had a lot of things set up on auto pay. They would go either directly to our account or they would go to our discover card. So mostly it's just about paying attention to those things. So you can start to, you know, make folders and know what accounts you have out there. Just watching the mail, watching the email to learn where all the money is, right? If any, where's the money? You are going to want to pay attention to canceling any club memberships, magazine subscriptions you don't need, right? You want to notify healthcare insurance, Medicare or other insurance companies um, that you'll no longer be paying your spouse's premium that he's deceased. And if you explain the situation, you may even get a partial refund of, from his um, health coverage. So those are like some of the really practical stuff, right? You want to find, maybe you want to find a certified financial planner. If you can find one highly recommended that you trust, that's a good idea. Maybe a lawyer you can talk to, to see, you know, what the rules are in your state and what they may think you should do. It's worth paying for, you know, a half hour fee just to hear their advice. Okay. You want to assess your own cash flow. What have you got coming in as opposed to what needs to go out? You're going to make a list of both, right? What's your current expenses and income? What money have you got coming in? And what money do you have to fall back on? You want to write down your fixed expenses, like what you're going to pay for groceries every month, what you're going to pay for utilities, what you're going to pay for insurance, what is the mortgage payment. If you have a checkbook there, you can look to see what are the recurring payments in your checkbook or on your credit card so that you know what are the monthly expenses that have been being covered. Okay. Of course, there's reaching out to any life insurance policies you have to collect life insurance benefits. And if you are 60 years old, you can file for your spouse's social security. Okay. That will help. Outside of all that other stuff, I mean, these are like the practical lists. These are the lists that, oh my God, for me, it was like trying to walk through knee deep mud to do all of that. And I get it. And most of it, there's no big hurry. That was like the best advice I got from the lawyer when I talked to him was he said, there's no rush, Joanne. There's no rush to take his name off credit cards and, you know, do all of that kind of stuff. So take your time and decide what you really need to do. Okay. But here's the kind of lists that I eventually made for myself that these are the lists I cherish, the lists that I love and the lists that have helped me the most. It might surprise you. Okay. One list is called 
new habits. And anytime I thought of some new habit that I wanted to develop for myself, like maybe I want to spend 15 minutes each morning in silence, silent meditation, or 15 minutes at night before going to sleep, just sitting and considering the things that I was grateful for that day, I would put that on my new habit list and start planning to do that. And for how, you know, they say it takes 21 days to create a habit. I don't know how accurate that is. Seems to me that I've dieted longer than 21 days and never stuck. (laughs) Right. But a list of new habits. I made a list of people to reach out to. If something happens, who am I going to reach out to for help? Who's going to be the girlfriend that I can call and say, I need retail therapy. Do you mind going shopping with me? right? Let's just have a girl's afternoon. Who are you going to reach out to if the car breaks and you're not sure how you're going to get it to the repair shop and how you're going to get back from the repair shop and you're kind of freaking out? Is there somebody you can put on that list that you're like, okay, this can be a good person to talk to if that breaks? Who are the people to reach out to? New traditions to start. I started a list for myself because you know, all the old traditions, it like breaks your heart. And now there's like not even any need for many of the old traditions because your spouse is gone and your life feels empty about that, right? I mean, it really feels empty. We've had that ripped away from us and we didn't want to give that stuff up. It's just gone. So you make a list that at the top, it says new traditions to start. And you start noticing when you do something that you think, I want this to be an annual tradition, or it can be something thoughtful. You could think every Valentine's Day, I want to do this for myself and make it a new tradition. Maybe I just go volunteer some time straight from my heart on Valentine's Day so I can just love on others. New traditions to start. Oh, I love my list of this. It's time suckers to let go of. What sucks up your time? You know, as widows, we become painfully aware of how precious our time is. You hear about it your whole life. You hear about, you know, we all die someday. Living on earth is a terminal condition, right? And that You know, there's things you want to do before you die so you don't regret it. People talk about bucket lists. I started thinking about what are the things that are just sucking up my time so that I'm not devoting time to the things I really want to nurture and do. You know, Facebook, I love Facebook. I do marketing on Facebook. I connect with all of my widowed tribe on Facebook in my group, but If I go down that rabbit hole of my news feed and then looking at stuff, I see stuff people are posting that I don't even know them and I end up going to look at it. That is such a time sucker. I could be doing something so much better for myself than that. So that was one of my time suckers to let go of. I limit my time on Facebook. There's no going down that rabbit hole, right? Worrying about things. Does that surprise you? Worry is really, I call it an indulgent emotion because it has no positive outcome whatsoever to sit and worry. 
All it does is suck your time and your energy to worry. Worrying has never changed anything. Worrying has never affected anything. Worrying can, again, take you down a rabbit hole where if you're going to sit and worry all the time about your financial situation so that half the time you want to put your head in the sand, you want to just buffer and tune it out. Like, let me just go eat a McDonald's burger and fries. And then I don't have to think about this for a little bit. Or let me just watch show after show on Netflix. So I don't have to think about this. And when you do think about it, you do nothing but sit and worry and give yourself an ulcer. And in the meantime, your house is headed to foreclosure or your financial situation is not getting any better because worrying about it is not taking steps to improve it for yourself. So worrying is one of the time suckers. I said, I'm letting go of worry. Anytime I notice myself starting to go into that worrying spiral, I'm like, stop it. This does nothing. Instead, let's sit down and decide what steps I can take towards fixing this which takes me to the next time sucker of, I don't know. Because if you sit down with a pad of paper and say, I don't know, I have no idea how to get out of this place. That's just your brain not wanting to work on the problem. Your brain is your computer. You can put it to work. So you tell your brain, okay, I don't know. But if I did know, if I could just take a guess at this, what might be some places to start? And you'll be surprised. You'll start getting answers. So what are your time suckers? Is it social media? Is it TV? Is it worry? Is it being just being in a state of confusion? What time suckers do you want to let go of? I made a list of restaurants to try. When Jim first died, I wasn't going out to eat. And I was actually a little uncomfortable about going into restaurants on my own in the beginning. And then I made a list of restaurants to try. What are the restaurants I always wanted to give a try? Or what are new restaurants that have sprung up that I would like to give a try? And I make a list. And every now and then I go to one of those restaurants by myself. I sit down, I get to look at their menu. I get to try something. It's kind of a cool thing. A list of recipes to try. My cooking habits have changed because I'm not cooking for both of us anymore, which means one, I don't need to be cooking as much food. I can make really simple meals for myself. And two, I can cook with whatever I like. I'm not worrying about what will Jim eat, what Jim doesn't like. Oh, I can't make this for Jim. So I made a list of recipes to try. It's been a wonderful idea. As I try them, the ones I like, I keep. The ones I don't like, I don't keep. After I try them, I take them off my list and I'm constantly adding new recipes to try, especially when I see a recipe that's like perfect for just me. You know, maybe it only makes two servings, but it's perfect to have it for dinner and then put the other serving away for lunch the next day or dinner the next day. I made a list of movies to watch. You know how sometimes somebody will recommend a movie and you're like, oh yeah, I'd like to watch that. And then like two days later, you're going, what was that movie? I write them down on my list right away, movies to watch. And then when I am allowing myself time to curl up and watch something, I can check my list. Oh yeah, I want to watch that movie on Netflix. Let me see if it's still there. I have a list of gift ideas, which is great. 
because my first year as a widow, it's like I just couldn't even think about Christmas shopping or birthday gift shopping. I had no idea of what to do for anybody. I was just in such a fog. But I started making notes of gift ideas. Anytime, if somebody said to me in April, wow, you know, I've barely been wanting to try one of those Instapots. And then you find out in November, they never bought an Instapot. You're like, oh, well, let me get her an Instapot for Christmas, right? Gift ideas. I have a list of travel dreams. Anytime I read about a place that's like really unique and interesting, I can make a note of it on my travel dreams list. Like someday I think I'm going to go to this place. It can be like the next town over, or it could be some island off the coast of France. Doesn't matter. I have my list of travel dreams. I have a list that says save for, and it's things I want to save up money for. I have a list of financial goals right? I have a list of clutter hotspots. I've paid attention to myself and my habits, and I know where the hotspots are in my house that I tend to get cluttered. You know, the, uh, the table next to my chair, my favorite chair in the living room, that's like a daily go clear that hotspot. I have a drawer in the kitchen that really needs a weekly check to see what I need to pull out of there and throw away, right? Where are your clutter hotspots? Make a list of them and then set up a schedule. These clutter hotspots, I visit daily, weekly, monthly to clear them out. I have a book list, right? A reading list. A lot of people have a reading list. I didn't used to. Now I do. Why do I have all these lists to remember movies and books? Because I'm a widow. My brain doesn't latch onto things very well, right? Especially in that first year or two widowed. Oh my goodness. I had no short-term memory. So if somebody was talking about a book or I heard about a book that sounded interesting, I would put it on my book list. So at any point I'm thinking, oh, you know, what do I want to buy or listen to? I have an audible prescription. Yeah, it should be a prescription. It takes care of me, an audible subscription for audiobooks. And so every now and then I can take a look at my book list and go download one. Right now on my book list is a book called Habits of a Happy Brain. Isn't that a cool title? Like, I want to, yeah, I want to know the habits of a happy brain. So those are some of the lists I made for myself. Now you're like, this is a lot of lists. Where do I keep all this? Right? You could have a notebook where you keep all these lists, but I, you know, I love my, my technology and my digital stuff. I have an iPhone. I have an iPad. I have, now I have a Mac so that they can all talk to each other. It's the coolest thing. (laughs) They all sync. And, um, There's a note application. If you have an Android phone, I'm sure there's a notes application that you can open up and create notes. And in my notes application, I have all these lists in order in that application so that I can open it up on my iPad. I can open it up on my computer. I can open it up on my phone on the fly and add things to my list, right? Syncs to everything. So these, I think are the kinds of lists that are going to serve us so much better than 
all the to-do list, financial list, things you should do as a widow. I mean, that stuff, yes, you do have to address it, but don't be in a rush. And if it feels like you're walking through mud, go look at your movie list. <laughs> Maybe there's something good to look at, right? Walk through mud a little bit every day to take care of those things. Make yourself do it. But then go look at your other list. What list ideas do you have? What lists might you want to add? Right? What I think my favorite list is my new habits list because that one has really served me well. Um, but yeah, you can share your list with me. Email to joanne at joannethelifecoach.com. Or come join us in Widowed Book Club on Facebook. If you look for Widowed Book Club, you'll find it. You can click join. I will add you to the group. And you can share in the group too. What list do you want to make? What list do you want to have? What new habits do you want to develop? Oh, I'll tell you one of my great new habits is to have fresh flowers in my house all the time. I just buy them for myself. And does that sound extravagant? Because I didn't stop after Jim died. I actually did it more. I decided this was something that I absolutely needed in my life. I'm not going and buying like a $45 florist arrangement, you guys. I go to the grocery store. <laughs> and at the grocery store, like right now, I love tulips. They're my very favorite. Most people know that because when I do videos and when I do video calls and Facebook lives, there's always flowers on the table behind me. And if it's tulip season, guaranteed they're tulips. And the tulips are only about $8 a bunch at the grocery store. That's pretty cheap. And it's one of the things I do for myself. It's one of my new habits that I constantly keep fresh flowers in the house. So tell me what list you think should be a part of your life. I would love to hear from you. Go check out the online membership site, widowcoachingcenter.com. This is such a worthwhile thing to do for yourself. There is a registration fee for the first month. And then for every month you stay thereafter, it's a really low monthly fee. And every month, a new group of videos go up from me, coaching, getting deep into coaching topics. If you feel like you can't work with a widow coach right now, you can't afford to hire a widow coach, or you don't even know if you would want a widow coach or not, go join the Widow Coaching Center. Check it out. Check out those coaches' videos that I've created for you. And then you can decide later down the line if you want to hire a one-on-one -on -one coach or if you want to just hang out in the coaching center. That's awesome too. Or if you want to learn how to be a widow coach and become certified, we can do that too. For right now, go look at widowedcoachingcenter.com. Tell me what you think about it. I'm so excited. We've, we've already got some members in there. I'm excited to get it going. So everybody jump in. Come on. You know you want to. <laughs> and of course, as always, go find a little joy in your life every day. I love you guys. See you next week. <laughs>